Hello adventurers and welcome to Commune the DM's Essentials Kit. My name is Alec and I'm going to be your Dungeon Master for this evening. Before we dive into our episode proper, we have a few announcements. First off, we hit both of our Twitch goals for January. Thank you so much to everyone who has come by and shown us so much support. If you want to come by and check out more content from us, be sure to stop by twitch.tv slash communedm. Next up, if you want to stay up to date on all things Commune, including our stream schedule, when we post new episodes of the podcast, and catch some stream highlights, following our social media accounts is the best way to do that. You can find the link to all of our socials in the description of this episode. Now, to our guest. Today, I sit down with Mustafa Mustafa, also known as the Super Goat. He is a D&D TikTok creator, player on the Calderine Chronicles on Lark Network, as well as a player in the Fey Lie on Dice Cream Sandwich. Today, we dive into such important topics as changing the culture around D&D, dealing with the issues of race in-game, as well as the community, and much, much more. So with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Commune. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Commune Podcast. My name is Alec, and I will be your dungeon master for this evening. I am joined by the wonderful Super Goat. How you doing, buddy? Yay! I am fan freaking tastic. It's a great day, and it somehow got better, and I love it. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be a wonderful time chatting. So excited to have you here. Uh, you want to introduce yourself uh, to the people? Let them know who you are, what Absolutely. you're doing. You know what I mean? My name is Mustafa Mustafa. Name so nice, you got to say it twice. I'm also known as the Super Goat on the internet, uh, where you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, um, Instagram, and Twitch. However, on Twitch, you can find me more frequently over at the Lark Network, uh, where myself, D&D Corso, and Amelia Som run the channel. Um, and you can find me also over at Dice Cream Sandwich's channel playing a D&D campaign as well. So it's a fun hoot and a half. You're everywhere, man, yeah. and I love it. I love I'm trying. The thing that I love the most, uh, that I love seeing the most, uh, once you know the world kind of fell apart, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the people that I've been like following for a while on social media starting to initially yeah. get that hype, and like it, it's yeah. happening now. Like seeing you jump up there, yeah. uh, I talked to Sloan Art Plebe. Oh my god, before. I love them so much. They are so fucking incredible. And and Corso, oh, he skyrocketed, you know what I mean? And it, it is kiss. it's been an absolute honor to like sit back and watch you guys just fucking right. propel like you are deserved to. It really has been and honestly even today as I was scrolling through Twitter, a bunch of uh, a bunch of problems were happening on uh D&D Twitter and like TTRPG Twitter. But the wonderful thing was once everybody got got something out of it, you know, once they found, they established their goal and once that they were able to get verified and all those wonderful things, everybody was excited for them. Nobody was out there saying, I wish it was me. Nobody yeah. was saying you don't deserve it. Everybody was saying, I'm, I've seen the work that you've done and I'm super excited to see more of it. And that's something I appreciate about this community. So absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's been amazing to see how how this community has grown in, in such a short amount of time, and and honestly, like how pretty interconnected everybody is inside the community. Because like I, I kind of touch base with with people from a bunch of different like circles. It's basically just like me in high school again. Mm-hmm. Like I hang out with a couple people like in in every circle, and it's just uh, I feel that no, absolutely <laughs> agreed. And I think it's it's also wonderful. Again, I think it's that there isn't a whole lot of jealousy going around. The mm-hmm. whole mentality behind this community is I am going to make it in this world, but I'm not going to make it alone. I'm going to bring my friends right up with me. And it's yes. so nice. The idea of community in this community is is some of the most pure and unadulterated like support network I think I, I, I've seen. Um, so Absolutely. past the wholesome um yeah. we've seen a lot of you in the in the D ttrpg community space when did that all get started for you 
So I didn't start playing TTRPGs until around three and a half years ago, um, and I started off with D&D. Before that, I'd played, you know, some of the other smaller mainstream ones. So things like Monopoly, things of the smaller scale. Um, and uh, I'd always wanted to play D&D, but uh, something that I had mentioned earlier is I am from Sudan, Northeast Africa, where I'm currently back again. And that just wasn't in the cards for me. There weren't any uh, D&D resources. There weren't a lot of people interested. But I'd always seen it in the nerd spaces. I was a huge bookworm and I love video games. So I always wanted to dip my toes into that and comic books. However, I wasn't able to. So when I came to the US uh, to get my college degree, uh, eventually I was working over the summer and one of my friends said, hey, we are doing nothing essentially in our evenings. You want to start a D&D campaign? And it was amazing. I absolutely love, love, loved it. I uh, got to play a sorcerer for my first character. That was rough times to get used to. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a funky yeah. first. Oh my gosh! Oh no, absolutely. And I played. Um, I am completely forgetting what class, what subclass it is, but the chaos subclass. Um, so getting oh, the all wild, wild magic There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, I played the wild magic subclass, and it was. Oh my goodness, wild times. <laughs> my DM had his own table set up for me. So oh, even oh. though I knew nothing about D&D, I was in for a bigger surprise and it was amazing. I love, love, loved it. And it got me excited about it. So I went after that, I had somebody else DM for me and it was amazing as well. However, I went into my last year of undergrad and had nobody to DM for me and I wasn't completely confident in that yet. So the following years, I started grad school. I grabbed some of my other grad students and I said hey I'm gonna DM y'all haven't played we're all gonna be on the same foot this is gonna be absolutely wonderful and chaotic let's do it <laughs> and they said yes um and it's been it's been fun since then I've caught the DMing bug so that's been a hoot and a half um, so that was that was absolutely wonderful yeah and I somehow once quarantine started found myself on D&D TikTok and TTRPG stuff and doing stuff on Twitter with all whole bunch of cool peeps as well it's yeah. been nice it's been awesome and, and, and very, very similar uh, enough. Uh, I think this year I'll have been playing for six years. Oh, nice. Uh, something like that. I, uh, I've said, I've said it a bunch, stumbled onto like critical role and the adventure zone and, and yeah. stuff like that. And then I was like, Oh, I would like to do all of this with all of my super nerdy friends. You know what I mean? Um, absolutely yes. So jumped into it and, yes. and and I jumped in DMing first. I didn't play for a while. I've kind of taken mm. on that forever DM role, which I mean, That'd there's be nothing nice. better than crafting a nice story. And then I, I truly no, believe that. No, there you isn't. Know? Oh my God, it's so nice, so wonderful. And I, most of my background for creativeness was creative writing. So I did, I started off as fiction and then went into poetry as undergrad, got a degree in poetry and it was absolutely wonderful. And I think that is what got me super excited was I was getting a degree, a master's in business administration and I didn't have as much creativity as I had in undergrad. So I said, okay, let's find a way to do that. And I absolutely agree in that like building a story is a feeling that is unparalleled and usually writing a story especially writing a book is a very lonesome process you write it on your own and it goes weeks and days and years without seeing anybody however with D&D you get to watch people see your things come to life and that is just wonderful and I love it it's a good collaborative creative process I love putting out the the you know the blank book and watch them mm. fill the pages, right? Like, oh, kind of yes. etch this story that's like theirs. And, you know, Ooh, it, that, that was yes. something that took me a while as a DM to learn was that like, it's not my story, you know, right. it, it's it's right, theirs. Right, right, right. And you set the skeleton and, and they flesh out the world and everything of that sort. Mm -hmm. But like, once I, once that clicked and I got it, I was like, oh, fuck, there's nothing yes, better than this. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing at better all. than this. It's wonderful. Oh my yes. goodness me. I absolutely love it. I think um, the first D&D show that I started watching was Critical Role and yeah. seeing uh, Matt Mercer DMing was absolutely a joy. And I think it was super neat to watch and see how that rolled out, um, especially seeing, I watched Campaign 2 first. So seeing that oh, start sure. from scratch. Yeah. yeah. And seeing how he built up a world and how his friends reacted to that was a joy to see. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been able to keep up with that. It's been It's been very nice to see what, 
I think the processes of what he does as opposed to what exactly he's doing and seeing uh, the techniques and then finding ways to utilize those in different intriguing ways because my players watch a critical role as well so i don't want them to just run through another critical role even if they're playing through wild mount right yeah no having to give them their own interesting things like i borrow things like how do you want to do this however i do not borrow like a lot of the characters so that's a very interesting balance to find in a lot of things is how do you be creative while pulling from uh, general public media yeah yeah i that's a that's a really cool point to touch on because i the last two campaigns that i've run well the last <laughs> campaign i run in the campaign i'm running now is in the same homebrew setting of aosha which Very is nice. like uh something i spent a lot of time building on the the campaign we played before this one went for like a year and a half oh and very nice yeah we went from level three to 20 uh mm. and they slayed tiamat at the end of it baby <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> let's get it let's go um oh my goodness so, i yeah. love that so like taking a lot of influence from like worlds yeah. like you know the witcher and like uh ancient dramatic societies and, yeah. and these kind of majocracies and literature that i really love yeah. and, and and kind of combining it into this thing that's like ah yes you know, like, critical role, like oh so fucking good oh absolutely um i think for me it's been super nice to with homebrewing i absolutely love 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 the idea of homebrewing being able to see the surprise on your players faces when they see something that's absolutely new something that they might have mm -hmm. not read about is wonderful and just seeing how they can get creative with it has been super fun i run a show on saturdays called super splash of color which mm -hmm. is part interview process with people of color and the other part is a uh, one-shot series and that one-shot series is set in a homebrew world that I've made that's based off of Sudanese culture. Um, so the town that it's set in is uh, my village. So that's where my parents grew up. And that's where I've spent a lot of summers. I remember sitting there as I look up at the stars and feeling at home. And I wanted to take a lot of the ideas, but more than that, I wanted to take the feelings that I felt growing up. Those, the excitement of walking into a neighbor's house as they tell you the spooky story late at night. <laughs> Um, I wanted to bring that to my players and see how they would react to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's as a dungeon master, there's a lot of soul bearing. I feel like you do when it comes to your players and like, there's a lot of, a lot of conversation of like players having to be emotionally vulnerable to DMS, but I think it's the same when it comes from DMS to players. I feel like when you're kind of presenting something or, or you've worked hard on like, an NPC that's related to a character's backstory or a certain item that you've homebrewed for them and, and getting that reaction. You're like, okay, is this, how does this feel for you? Because it feels incredible for me. And, and, and I think that like working in tandem with, with people and, and forming these relationships that aren't built on words and expectations, but they're built on a mutual trust. And, and like you craft something so genuine and so just inherently unified right that it's like oh my gosh fuck yes so good. this is what i so need good. oh my god i think my favorite tool that i have used in all of DD has been silence and not the oh. spell but just sitting there and watching the players fester for a moment and wonder what they are supposed to be doing if they've made the right decision and what they need to be and, and all those like wonderful small intricate thoughts is one of my favorite things and not because i want to torture my players or anything but <laughs> it's because a lot of the times you play DD as just a fun game and that's cool and wonderful yeah. however you can come to a level once you get close enough to your friends and to the people on your table that they are thinking very critically about a lot of those things in a very creative way i think uh one of my favorite things was seeing DD corso in my very first super splash of color uh make friends with a mimic uh, that was in the form of a stick. And that was the, the thing that dealt the final blow to the BBEG of the one shot. And that was in no way ever something that I was expecting. So seeing that um, and them having, having them defy my expectations, having the other players communicate with each other, even though they hadn't played with each other before was such a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, I, I agree. We, we I feel like we could talk for days and days and days about all of this stuff. <laughs> right right no absolutely um, i agree 
So a, a little bit uh, diving back into a super splash of color, like how, how did that get yeah. started with Lark Network and, and what has that experience been like for you being able to connect with other uh, people of color in the, in the community and, and really kind of making something beautiful together? Right. Um, so Super Splash of Color for me started off by seeing a single TikTok of a group of four people of color playing D&D together. And I realized that was not an experience that I'd had. And that was something that I was yearning for. That was something that I really, really wanted to play with a group of people that understood what my experiences coming to the table were or as close as they could get to. Um, and that's how the idea started up. At that point, um, it started up in around July, I want to say. And that was in the midst of the TikTok Twitch streaming community starting up. Um, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. started up on streaming up on my own on my uh, Super Goat channel and then switching over around for a bit ending up over at Lark Network uh, yeah. and it's been a hoot and a half. The idea of Super Splash was always get to know the players and their playing style and who they are. So now the interviews prior to it are a bunch of people of color, usually the ones who are going to be playing in the one shots, but then having them jump into the one shot as well, because the one shot doesn't give them time to talk about themselves per se. Right. So I give them some time to do that and then jump into the one shot. But I think it's been very neat to see people connect with cultural items. Um, there aren't a whole lot of different uh, POC-centered adventures and uh, other settings. There's some really cool ones being built right now. Um, I think the Motherlands system and the game was absolutely wonderful. And the Wagada Chronicles, um, Wagadu Chronicles were absolutely wonderful. And I love, love, love watching and reading those. So I wanted to do something that was similar to those, something that would help me feel the way that they looked the way that they were talking about these games and I wanted to give that opportunity to other people around as well um, and it was also right around the time the Black Lives Matter protests were happening in the US um, and I didn't want to just sit around and twiddle my thumbs I wanted to make sure that the TTRPG community didn't uh, go by the wayside I wanted it to improve as well I wanted to make sure that people of color in those communities were getting what they deserved um, and a lot of a lot of that wasn't happening on TikTok, so I wanted to Definitely. help with that process. Yeah, yeah, and I had I had interacted with a lot of videos um, of yours. You, you know, when when a lot of that stuff was was kicking up, and and it, it was a lot more vocal in our community. And at, you know, as an ally and as as a white man, I, I absolutely thank you for what you're doing for your community, you know, and for our, our community as TTRPG nerds, right? Because it, it's just amazing to see the bolstering of our community and how it's built up. But then at the right, same right. point, it sucks to see the amount of backlash you receive. Right. For, um, for the opinions you speak and for honestly, the truth that you leave. Mm -hmm. Like, Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, I think that like, so one thing that I want to bring up is like, I feel weird when people thank me for things like this and not because of what you said, sure. but it's usually because of, I never expected praise for this. I never expected this to do any good. I figured the most I was going to do was have some fun with some people of color and bring them together so that later on they could do maybe TikTok collabs, maybe run into uh, making videos later on together, running into adventures, a lot of those different things. And seeing the way it was accepted in the community has been absolutely amazing. And I love, love, love that. Uh, I think that there has been backlash and there has not stopped being backlash on my end and on a lot of other creators end. But every time things like that happen, we take a few days, regroup, and then come back in stronger than ever and seeing usually during those days we see an outpour of support and seeing people come in i usually have some problems with that knowing that usually poc pain gets a lot more interaction and that usually hurts my heart however at the end of the day we are getting support and we are getting yeah. a lot of a lot of engagement and knowing that we are getting that that means that later on in the future we can make sure that we shape this in a way that we feel is helping the community and making sure that you know the community has a hand in shaping this uh, because yeah. nobody's idea of what a community should look like is cohesive or completely right um so working together and collaborating especially in a collaborative community like yes. ttrpgs is the only way to move forward yes yeah and and i think for for me as someone who you know defines themselves as an ally and and who, who wants to work and help support in any way that is responsible 
and and you know not where I'm talking over people of color because that is you know never the intent you know we're all responsible for how we help Agreed. craft our community right right and, right. and if we're silent and, and if we're complacent, that doesn't help anybody. So, so no, bringing, no, using your platform and, and bringing your own source of responsibility and pride in what you do for your community is so fucking incredibly important. Oh, absolutely. I think that D and D benefits a lot from being not just a regular community and i think that the fact that you are building a lot of these games you are bringing bringing in your outside world ideas and your ideologies into these games if consciously or subconsciously mm -hmm. you are doing that so saying that you don't want to comment on politics or you want to keep your page politics free that to me is saying that you don't care about the marginalized folks in your uh in your community and you don't care about the people who are watching your stream and your your uh TikToks and your videos enough to make sure that you are helping them grow and helping them be safe watching your stuff um and that's what i have been trying to do is i have tried to talk to a bunch of creators to make sure that they are uh, on the right track but in the end i try to make sure that you know it's not my yeah. job to fully educate people but it is my job to bring attention to a lot of these different things because right. nobody if nobody does it won't happen right 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 and it, it, it circles back and you know into the idea of silence and just kind of regression into you know how, how the community was before and and obviously that's just it's problematic it has been problematic and and you know, it still is problematic in, in a high degree. Agreed. And, you know, it, it, it comes from a, a place of obviously I've played at a table with, uh, you know, majority white men, right? I've had women at my table. I've had people of color at my table. But I, I think it, it's never easy to, to, to look inward and face your own bias, right? Or, or, or to face what you've grown and, and been conditioned to kind of believe the way the world works. If that's the least I can do to make sure that anybody who is coming at my table feels comfortable and feels seen, mm -hmm. right? I will have that uncomfortable conversation with myself. And I guess I don't see where the disconnect is with people. I wanted to get your take on that. Like, where do you think that disconnect comes from? I think that a lot of the problems that are coming in are based off of fear. Um, people sure. are absolutely in love with D&D &D and TTRPGs. This place has felt safe for them. This place has felt like home and they don't want to let go of that feeling and change usually beckons the fact that your community is about to change in some way, shape or form, be it for good or for bad. Um, and they don't want to get that moment to kind of look around and see what exactly that is going to give. Um, and that has been absolutely terrifying, I think. It's when people are afraid, they will lash out and they will do horrendous things, even if they don't necessarily intend to do it. Uh, people have, will, will say words and they will do actions and it just absolutely hurts. The fact that you play a TTRPG and you understand the power of words as you are playing your game, you know that just saying, how do you want to do this can lift somebody's spirits. You want to say, are you sure you want to do this? That'll absolutely destroy the table. Um, and knowing that you have that power and then ignoring it when it comes to the fact that using your voice can make other people feel comfortable. I've known a lot of smaller creators who have followed uh, unfollowed a lot of the bigger creators because they didn't outwardly give any notion of support and you might be doing that privately and that is absolutely amazing but as a public figure and as a social media influencer you are absolutely required to at least give some inkling of that you don't need to be telling people how much you've donated you don't need to be telling people uh, what your exact stance is but saying that you stand with marginalized folks and that you are going to help them out no matter what the community that is what the help that we are asking for is be it the black indigenous mixed people of color community or if it's the lgbtq plus community and any of the other marginalized folks it's i think it feels very similar in that we don't want you to say that you are second grade we just want you to say that we are right there with you that is all we are wanting to do um, and i think not saying that out loud 
just says that you are protecting the exact opposite. You are protecting the status quo, um, and it just hurts to see. Uh, it, it turns a lot of people away from these communities, and it definitely has done that to me, absolutely, a few times. It, it hurts. Yeah, I, I believe it. I mean, I've, as I've said, I mean, just seeing it, and even online and, and doing like, you know, my own kind of internal research and, and like making sure I'm doing my diligence of like seeing what's what. I just things that seem like such common sense to human beings, right? Empathy, care, active listening, but, but, but then it's like, well, well, but half works, they're always tribal and they always need to. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Some right? white guy and in his basement wrote this. hundred percent. And it's so <laughs> hard to get that through to people. Just that one line, right? Like just to let them know that, Hey, yo, somebody wrote this, you know, that there are mistakes in there and we're going to rewrite it eventually. And there's going to be mistakes in that. And we're going to keep changing because that's just how the community works. It's a rough time, and I think that uh, I think it's been definitely getting much better. There have been times where I have taken unannounced breaks because I felt like this was not the place for me and this was not the home for me. And I'm talking specifically about D and D TikTok. Um, and I, it it's definitely hurt a whole lot. But then I see my friends as soon as I give a small amount of uh, outward pain um, or just showing them that I'm uncomfortable in these spaces, they flock to my help. And it's absolutely wonderful to see that. Um, and I think that I would love to get to a point where it doesn't need to be people of color telling other people that, hey, I am hurting. Um, it's just that you see these things and you understand that there might not be something absolutely, like there might not be something good about them. Um, and just saying, hey, I'm gonna need you to stop, rethink that if you see somebody saying a problematic line or anything along those lines mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's, it truly feels like the bare minimum, but I think there's, you know, there's still a lot of work and, and a lot of uncomfortable right. conversations that need to be had. And right. I am just right. glad that there are people like you to, to aid in those conversations. Thank you. you know? Thank you. I really appreciate that. I've definitely uh, felt that a lot of my work has come in from looking at other POCs and seeing, again, the amount of work and pushes that they have been doing. I worked as a social justice educator yeah. uh, for a year and supervised and taught a bunch of super, uh, social justice educators as well. And even then, I was in a community that was majority white. Um, so seeing the difference between that and seeing online, though, however, it was still very, very different because those people were people who were wanting to learn. These were people who came in with the intention that they wanted to make the world a better place. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people around, um, especially in the online spaces, they benefit from uh, anonymity. Um, so being anonymous and not having to worry about the repercussions of a lot of those things. Um, and it's very interesting seeing those. Uh, it, there are some things that I've seen said that I would never have expected in a hundred years, no matter what your anonymous status is, right? And it's, it's been a wild time. And even the ideologies of some of these people, it's been terrifying. Yeah. 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 It's, it is a, is a big topic that I feel like can be, can be talked about ad nauseum, you know? No. Yeah, and absolutely. Let's absolutely. But for the moment, let's let's try to get a little lighthearted, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So we we talked about you working with uh, with Lark Network and and you're on the uh, Dice Cream Sandwiches Twitch channel. Tell me about your characters. What, what do you play? How what has it been like playing in these campaigns? Yes, it has been absolutely a hoot and a half. So the Dice Cream campaign was the first campaign that I played online um, and I was a player in. So it was amazing. It started off as a one shot. It was a monster hunter one shot. So you came in and you fought some new monsters that were just released and it was great. We had a wonderful group. We fought this. Uh, we, had, we fought these couple monsters. But at the end of the day, we realized that we really, really like this. So uh, Dice Cream said, all right, well, I can build a story for you all if you want to keep playing. We can make this a campaign. And we said, absolutely. So we've been going since um, we play every other week on Wednesdays. Um, and it is at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, I believe, usually 6, 630. Um, and it's been a hoot and a half. I play 
our rogue uh, arcane trickster and it has been so freaking fun i absolutely love it i play phelan rourke um so he's a bugbear and one of the things that I've been trying to do is monstrous races are a lot of times linked with a lot of the racism that's happening in D&D. So I figured I'm going to only play streams with monstrous races so I can showcase to people that they don't need to be that way. Yes, you have to put in a lot of the effort, but at the end, they don't need to be that way. And I'm hoping that that inspires more and more people to push towards Wizard of the Coast making those... Uh, uninherently evil um, and I think that would be wonderful times so Phelan um, has been amazing I play him as a chaotic neutral rogue that has uh, not necessarily lost his way but he has definitely found many different ways throughout the years so there's a lot that hasn't come up on stream however um, he's usually a very jovial character. He's very excited and very happy. Um, and that's how I kind of try to play most of my characters, just mellow and chill, just because it, it feels like the vibe for me to play, right? And um, one of the things that happened was we had a guest character, Odin's son, who's another person on the community, had a, uh, had a pipe that showed some of the memories that you were going through or some of the things that you'd already experienced. Um, and me thinking, my character being very into extracurricular activities said, oh, this sounds fun. Let me try that out. And he did. Um, however, the rest of the crew got to see him dragging himself across a dirty room, bloodied and beaten up. And it was very nice to show to them that this character that was not necessarily showing a lot of those things could hold a lot of that back um, and seeing just kind of how that went through. Uh, and it's it's been very nice interacting with the other players as well. I absolutely adore these people. And every single one of them was somebody that I looked forward to seeing and talking to before even playing with them. So when I got the chance, I absolutely jumped on that. Um, and now engaging with them has just been a hoot and a half. Um, every single two weeks, uh, we get to just jump together and goof around um and we might be going to the underdark this upcoming wednesday so i am terrified uh -huh. we love the underdark <laughs> right i have never been to the underdark in a DD campaign so that's gonna be absolutely terrifying to end up doing that. <laughs> the dm that's run some underdark stuff it's an actual nightmare <laughs> oh my goodness me okay i it's... am sufficiently terrified just don't eat any Wanda. of the just don't eat any of the mushrooms okay um that's bad um i've what? already decided that i am shoving um cactus uh, hallucinogenic cactuses uh down my ear um because campaign um so that's gonna be great i'm gonna yeah. eat the mushrooms most likely oh man <laughs> it's gonna be good i wish you the best of Heck luck yeah Thank you. Um, and then over at Lark Network, you play an ASMR druid. Yes, I do. I play a fallen star ASMR druid. Um, his name is Tear. Uh, he was a legitimate star and fell from the heavens. And as he did, he became a real boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, it's been very nice to play that. Play a character that has observed... Uh, the world move by for decades and eons, but not engaged with it and just seen it moving. Um, so it's been very, very nice to do that, uh, especially with the fact that I'm already curious about the world that D&D Corso is building. This yeah. is a completely homebrew world. So uh, Tear's excitement and amusement about a lot of the things that are happening is, to be completely honest, just me being very excited about the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Very, very fun times. Uh, but it's been, it's also been very nice to, again, find a way to showcase that this character isn't what they seem. And that's what most people kind of try to do. Um, and I think finding that sweet spot is always super hard. So trying to find out yeah, exactly. And trying to find out how to do that has been very, very hard. Um, I do, however, appreciate playing him. He's a druid circle of the stars. And druids are just my absolute favorite class. I love, love, love them. I've never touched a druid. Oh, they are terrifying to play for the first time. I was <laughs> shook it. Um, the amount of spells that I had to prepare, I had to figure out all the animal stat blocks. I was like, I don't, yo, I DM'd already, but I still don't know how to run this every single time. This is going to be rough. 
but it's been very nice to play. Um, I think what I appreciate about druids is the way that they appreciate the world around them um, yeah. and the fact that their magic a lot of times is just them saying, yo, this part of nature is absolutely amazing and I will protect it with my life. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that I definitely uh, vibe with a whole lot. So yeah. finding a cause that I push for and knowing that my work <laughs> gives that um, gives that calls some help is absolutely amazing. Um, so the same way as Druid saying, I'm going to protect the rest of this land, um, knowing that I'm protecting at least the corner of a community gives me so much hope. Um, and I think the way Druids work is that you'll eventually attract more people like you. There are going to be other Druids in your life eventually. And that's what I hope that in this world is happening is that all the people who are pushing for amazing causes are getting even more attention and getting other people like-minded um, and pushing for great causes. I think that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, 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 I get the vibe that, that you are one uh to pour a lot of yourself and a lot of empathy into the characters you play and the worlds you build um do you i kind of talked about this i've talked about this with a couple of people do you, i i am a proponent of using D, &D as, as a source of kind of therapeutic expression right oh yes uh, i i assume that's a that's a vibe <laughs> Oh, one hundred percent. I think that there's also a fine line to draw, right, between saying your oh, DM yeah. is your therapist, um, which yes. a lot of people do. That sucks. But the way that you phrased that was just absolutely wonderful because I hundred percent agree in that it is a way for you to be able to uh, experience a lot of these things that you haven't gone through before, yes. seeing what these feelings are, and being able to find a way to engage with them. Um, and that's that's just something that I absolutely love. And even if that means you are pushing your old experiences to the forefront and yeah. re-experiencing them because memory fades, you might've messed up, nobody's ever perfect. So right. making sure that you are engaging in that critically is the best way to play d d Yeah, I, the, the character I'm playing in, in, in a home game right now, um, kind of, kind of, Hit, hit a big peak moment in his story arc. Um, he was a he was a human blood hunter, uh, kind of yeah. <laughs> edgy to the core. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, he uh, had joined this order when he was young. He had spent you know the bulk of his adult life taking on contracts and doing jobs. And then right. one day on a job, he met a woman who he fell in love with, uh, mm -hmm. who just so happened to be a vampire. Um, they they fell in love. They got married. They lived together, and, and they they were happy for for five years. And turns out, uh, his his order found out. It didn't oh. end well. Um, oh no! He was branded a traitor, and his wife was killed. Oh no! Um, and so uh, the, the, his drive for the entirety of this campaign is, has been revenge uh, and, and kind of, you know, letting the, this emotional trauma kind of fuel him. And he is an alcoholic. Uh, it's, it's how he copes. And, you know, I kind of pulled from my own life. I have a very, uh, you know, fractured relationship with my father, right? He was an alcoholic, drug addict, all, all kind of bad things, things you don't want combined into a father. <laughs> um, and, and playing Clovis has given me a little bit of insight, you know, cause I know my father has been through a lot of trauma. He's lived a, a colorful life and being able to kind of sit back at the end of the day after a session and be like, I think whether or not I choose to engage with this man again over the course of my life, I think I can, sit back happy knowing that I think I understand it a little better, you know, and, and knowing that, that this is a choice and yeah, being able to, to explore yourself and your life and, and aspects of it in D and D has just been such a blessing to me and I'm sure to a lot of people, you know, and it's just incredible, incredible. Yeah. 
I'm very proud of you for doing a lot of that. And thank you for sharing that. And I also want to say that I think that's that right there, that experience is why I like making characters that don't normally have a whole lot of trauma in their backstory, not because I want to be the hipster that is going against the grain, but because I want to see that trauma happen during the game, right? Because I want to know that my actions have consequences and if those consequences end up being good throughout the whole campaign then that is wonderful i've made great choices if they end up being bad again that's fine because i've made those choices and i will stand by the choices that i've made even if i understand they're wrong i will admit that and say that i've done it now there's no way to change it you know unless you're a, a time wizard so <laughs> right or chronology. otherwise right. yeah yeah no chronology but otherwise i agree like i think that just making sure that you understand that your actions have consequences if it's in game or out of game if it's just a single word or if it is a whole terrain of comments in a comment section your actions have consequences in the end um, and i think that that's something that i appreciate about D and understanding where those consequences are right even if you build it backwards um in the understanding same way that you did whereas you had your character who ended up in a similar place somebody that you knew and building that backwards um and the understanding at least and saying okay no i see how we got here that's super helpful in a way that i would never have like been able to write down because i'd never had that experience right um and having these consequences in a way that like making sure that everybody at the table is comfortable with those consequences mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. having that conversation yeah. of being like hey uh, clo- like my character is going to be an alcoholic how do you guys feel about that you know because mm-hmm. if it distracts you from your fun or if it affects you mentally in a negative way yeah. i you yeah. know that's not gonna th- a thing that's going to be happening exactly but, you we know. will not have my character would do this in this table. Oh, fuck. No. The, the, the weakest and most horseshite argument I have ever right. heard in my entire life. No, absolutely What my agree. character would do. Um, yeah, it's you made this character in the end. This is a fictional game. You need to stand up for the choices that you have made. Exactly. If your character made shitty decisions, you can all, if you want to stand by those decisions, you need to at least go apologize to the other players in this oh, game. Yeah. And that's why I absolutely love um, the idea that a lot more people have been using um, the uh, D&D consent checklist and just different versions yes. of that is absolutely wonderful. Might as well know what your players are comfortable with beforehand than having to worry about mending bridges later on yes. and using things like the x card to stop play right then and there if something mm-hmm. uncomfortable happens is wonderful because you know might as well build contingencies into the play i absolutely swear by the rpg consent checklist like i i sent it to my players for when we started the the home game that we're doing now which started a couple months back and they're like oh like we all know each other and, and i'm like just do me the favor and please fill it out right mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it all back and I got things that I didn't expect, you know? So it's like, now I know, like now it is a, it is a consistent, I know, and we don't have to talk about it. Right. You know, and it's just, it's dealt with, you know? Right. Right. And I think done properly, it can be anonymous and your players don't need to divulge anything that they don't need to know. They don't want anybody else to share. Um, And you can avoid it that way without them needing to show their traumas to the whole table if they don't feel comfortable with it. And that's absolutely a-okay. I also think that something that is worth mentioning is that if you want a really rough campaign, that is very traumatic that is a-okay that is all up to you just make sure that your players and the other people on the table understand that as long as everybody's on the same page that is a-okay oh for sure once that's, that's absolutely wonderful 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think that like it's it's really rough whenever things like that happen and people get defensive about it right that's that's my roughest bit i think one time i was playing a game and we were committing what i was defining as genocide because we were killing what we thought the la- was the last people of this group and i said i am not comfortable doing this i said that is my character and then at the end of the session i said i'm not doing that as a player and saying the big words right like genocide or saying that that's racist or things like that 
automatically just brings in a oh snap i'm not racist i don't want to be killing all these people that's just my what my player or my character would do or just saying that that this is a fantasy game and don't worry about it as much i think those are just super hurtful to kind of push aside somebody's experiences um and i think that that is the exact opposite of what like the consent checklist kind of does so like that's the flip side of kind of that experience and i think that's why we absolutely need it and there are a lot of other safety tips and safety things that we should definitely be looking at um, so it's it's been a rough time trying to research that i've been putting a lot of those resources in like my link tree and all of my socials as much as i try to like pull them up um, and have like just the google doc running through that people kind of send me information and i add on there uh, but it's just the place for people to kind of see how to engage with other pocs and other minoritized communities in the ttrpg space and just reading about some of the other experiences that they might have some resources that i found on the internet things like that i think it takes some time to read through a lot of these things. However, it 100% enriches a lot of the experiences that you will be having. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Fuck. Yes. This is, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's it's just, you know, it, it feels like it's just common sense, but, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of I conversations. Think, I think something that, like, terrified but also kind of gave me a lot of energy is recently I've kind of fell off of a lot of posting things, but I've been trying to jump back in yeah. um, just because of the move to Sudan and a lot of those different, I had actually a bunch of medical things. However, one thing that I appreciate and it well, it sucks that they have had to go through this. Um, the PogChamp incident on Twitch uh, yeah. where uh, we've had people like Critical Bard um, and that Prince girl, I believe, uh, be faces of the PogChamp emotes on Twitch and the backlash that they have seen. And most recently, uh, Christina Ariella, I believe that is her name. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but um, is doing, uh, she does a lot of TTRPG stuff, but however, also does a lot of Star Wars stuff as well um, and is going to be in a new Star Wars show. It's a, I believe it's a talk show of sorts. Um, and the backlash that she's gotten has been terrifying but the one thing that i really appreciated was the official star wars twitter said we do not stand for bullying and we do not stand for discrimination and we stand uh by christina and i think that more uh, more groups need to just do that just a stance that is clear cut and dry you don't want to be mincing words and big things like this. You don't need to be showing a lot of the steps that you need to be taking in those first few moments. You just need to show that you, you are supportive um, and knowing that the Star Wars community, which in my opinion is a very rough one to be a part of if you are just a fan. It's very hard at times, but it's a very wonderful one to see. And knowing that like the heads of Star Wars community are seeing a lot of these issues and saying, yo, that is not the community we are trying to build and moving towards a different avenue is very nice um, even if it's a small change it's nice to see um, and i'm hoping that ttrpg spaces also start doing that as well especially the official places yeah th th that's been a lot of a a lot of the issue that i have seen and, and i completely empathize with when it comes to wizards of the coast uh you know it feels like they do a lot of kind of backtracking and and what what about isms and you know things of that nature and it's like you just cop up that no, cop absolutely. up to the fact that you know this is problematic and it just needs to change absolutely agree i think something that also terrifies me about i think the people in the dnd community who are hardcore fans who have been fans for decades um is that they are very protective of that space in a way that feels personal so saying that D&D needs to change to them means that you hate D&D &D and that you want it completely overhauled. And like the there's you know two statements can always live in the same space saying that D&D needs to change but saying that you love D&D is absolutely wonderful and absolutely doable and same with just generally TTRPGs which I think that that is also a change there that needs to happen is people differentiating between D&D and TTRPGs as a whole and knowing that there are different TTRPGs out there, not because D&D is not where you need to be, but just because you need to experience a lot of different things. I play D&D as my main TTRPG. However, I do play a lot of other ones as well, just because, you know, they're fun. It's, Honey it's... Heist is my favorite thing. Well, yeah, I have not played I've definitely Honey been Heist building, yet. by the way. 
Ooh, I'll tell you what. Um, I am building a um a a hack of honey heist. Um, so just a homebrew thing for myself to play, but I'm calling it Rat Race instead of Honey Heist because I watched Ratatouille once and I said, okay, but if that was a TTRPG, that'd be nice, you know. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. Yeah. it's been my favorite thing to do in my free time just like build that slowly <laughs> but surely because like it's the silliest thing and it is still one of the things that i absolutely love and yeah. enjoy and it's just a bunch of research about rats in my free time and it's cool <laughs> i love good. it i know i did not enjoy rats before but now they chill they chill they chill yeah. Yeah. me and my friends love yeah. rats <laughs> Yeah, me and homies love them rats. <laughs> love them rats. I got like some hamsters in there, so Hell it's it's yeah. very fun. And I think that like it's very nice to play a lot of different TTRPGs just to see what yeah. is out there and what you can change. Because like again, D and D is made for hacking a lot of times. There's a lot of things that need to be changed but cannot be changed due to how big the thing is and i get that i i understand businesses and how slow they work but there are a lot of things that can be changed so if you as a player said i want to change this cool i would highly recommend you look at other ttrpgs and see if there's one that fits closer to what you're trying to do but if not go right ahead and see if you can mesh maybe a couple of them see if you can like bring in call of cthulhu and, and D &D yeah. or honey heist in there and like see if you can find a nice middle ground for just the people that you play something that makes sense for just you Definitely. is super neat it doesn't need to make sense to the world they can just f right off if they don't want to play it and that's the chill. world's not it's a home game table play it yeah exactly exactly you know um yeah and i think that's something that i appreciate as well about um critical role uh is that they have said things very similar to that in that yo we understand that you are entertained by what we are doing and we will continue to do that because mm -hmm. we love it uh, but the fact is that we are friends playing at a table. You are not at this table, so please stop backseat gaming. Yeah. And that happens, I'll be real honest, folds and folds in uh, POC creator spaces. Seeing those, oh my goodness, my very first um, session for Super Splash of Color, I had to turn it to followers only really? because of like the, just the amount of spam that I was getting um, and a lot of like just the interactions that I was doing. So knowing what you need to do to keep yourself safe. And there's a lot of people like Cypher of Tear who yes. have done great checklists of what you need to be doing when you are streaming, right? Or at least specifically if you're watching a stream. Right. Um, the etiquette of watching a stream, there was even like a bunch of streams talking about those things. And those are things that I absolutely appreciate knowing that these are not things that I've thought about um, and mm -hmm. seeing other people's experiences about it and then reflecting back to see how... I might have experienced that already. Oof, yeah, rough times, yeah. but very nice to see. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Kind of running back to to homebrew and 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 world building. What is right. what is your favorite thing that you've created for your table? Whether it be an item, an NPC, or a piece of world lore. Like what is what is it that that kind of fills your soul with that so, light? I think um, so. From all the way from March uh, up until around um, actually January, I was alone in my apartment, lived with nobody and all my friends were online. But even before then I was just sitting on my own and I was trying to connect with a lot of the people who were with different groups. So what I was trying to do with specifically the first episode of Super Splash of Color, um, the episode was called uh, The Red Canes, which is based off a story called Fatma and the Red Canes in Sudan. Um, and it's a story that I absolutely loved listening to as a kid that my mother would tell me that my grandmother would tell me and my aunts and it was just wonderful so I sat down called my mother up and I said okay can you tell me this story again as if I'm a kid trying to go to sleep right now and it was the best experience I've ever had being able to take a story that has lived eons through my people this has lived hundreds and hundreds of years and knowing that this story has meant so much and this story has probably changed um, and this had this held a piece of my tribe of my parents of my family who had passed away already and being able to handle that with care and change that into a one shot that then my players took with the utmost respect they played very creatively but they were super respectful about it um 
that was just the best overall experience for me, being able to bring in something from my life and from my experiences into a TTRPG. And I would love to continue doing that. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing with Super Splash in general is like bringing in different monsters from Sudanese lore and bringing in a lot of those experiences because I bit like the bug bit me and I said, okay, I absolutely love this. I love seeing all these monsters from Greek mythology and a lot of these things because I've read like, you know, the Percy Jackson books growing up. And uh, I wanted to make something that made me and made others feel the same way about Sudanese culture as I did about Greek culture. Um, and that's kind of what I'm pushing for. That, that experience just, I absolutely love it. So if you are out there and you are building a homebrew world, um, I think in the end, these games are imagination. Imagination is just the lie you tell each other and you all enjoy. Um, and the best lies are the ones that have a little bit of truth in them. So if you can find something that you can anchor your games through, that will make your story so much stronger and so much nicer. If you are able to just find a, the smallest detail, it could be just the name of a monster or somebody and just being able to build a story around that um, is, is yeah. very, very fun. That was beautiful. Holy crap. Thank Excuse you. Excuse me. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Right. I think, see, things like that, I think, is like, I, <laughs> my very first one shot, I did not know what I was doing because it was my first stream as well. Um, yeah. And I hadn't ran, I'd only run that same one shot to my home group. And I said, all right, can you just like see how it rolls out? Um, the game ended up being seven hours. So that was super long. Yeah, a seven hour stream. Oh my goodness me. Numbers were great, but it was <laughs> terrifying. This, and oh I was absolutely God. zonked out by the end. I, I woke it. up right before the stream and I definitely went to sleep after the stream. But the emotional high that I felt after that game was unparalleled. Um, and it's just kind of the excitement that I've been seeking through these games and just through yeah. all these different things. And I want to make sure that people are feeling that no matter who you are, I want you to experience what the joy of experiencing my culture as a kid was, right? That yeah. again, that feeling right in the middle of it is what I want to give to the world. That's absolutely amazing. And I think there's a wonderful point to end this incredible conversation on. Um, yeah. thank you this was hey, fun thank you I had an amazing time and I cannot wait to have you back at any capacity absolutely my goodness um, uh, your, your podcast has been very fun to listen to so thank you for making it and it's been very nice to have all these I, different opinions and different people on so thanks again I appreciate it uh, this, is, this is your shameless plug time so you can tell the people where you're hey. at where to find you what you're well, doing absolutely this is your time, my friend. Yes. Thank you. So if you look me up on the internet as the super goat, you can find me on uh, TikTok where I make fun TTRPG videos as well as make some educational content um, in diversity in TTRPGs. And you can find me on Twitter uh, engaging with a lot of different TTRPG content and all different peeps as well, or Instagram. Um, and you can find me here on Twitch where I stream over at the Lark Network, um, where we have a whole lot of different things from melee ball to atypical table, um, melee ball being the first D&D sport, uh, Atypical Table being a rotating crew of people playing every month. Um, and we have Clan of Calderine, which is my Wednesday game uh, that I play every other week. I absolutely love and adore. Uh, we died, or we had a player die last time, and they were brought back in the best way. Ooh. It was absolutely wonderful. They were knocked out full HP out, but it was, they came back in the best kind of way. And I absolutely love that. Um, you can find monsters out of context where we make new monsters and then you can find super splash of color on Saturdays as well. Um, so come on down, find me down there. Uh, but otherwise, um, I think one thing that I have said to people before, and I kind of just absolutely love living by is being brave and being kind. I want everybody to just be brave enough to be the person that speaks up against uh, injustice. And I want you to be kind enough that when people are learning, um, to give them the space to learn and to do that uh, in a very educational way. So thank yes. you. Thank you. All the links to uh, Moose's socials will be in the description of this episode. And I will see you guys in the next adventure. First off, here's a huge thank you to Moose for jumping on and having this incredible conversation with me. You can find the link to his socials and his projects in the description of this episode. 
My biggest takeaway from this conversation is that everyone needs to be active and vocal about changing the worst aspects of our community. The TTRPG community isn't perfect, and honestly, it never was. So we all need to do our part to ensure that everyone is included, seen, and validated at our tables. We're all here because we love this game and what it's done for us. So let's do everything we can to improve it for our marginalized communities. Please leave a review. It really helps out the show and lets me know what you guys think. And with that said, we'll see you guys in the next adventure.